ministry. Speaking it out to us. Oh, what ministry. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we are going to just call that out, believing. Believing that you know we're here. That you recognize our struggle and that you're in it with us. Now, God, we simply ask that you would quiet our mind and stir in our heart. Let all that you have for us be made known to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, many of you know that two weeks ago, our beloved senior pastor, Dwayne Johnson, said that he had received a phone call from Washington, D.C., MCC's church there, and that they are in a search for a senior pastor and that they thought that he might be a fit for that. And so he entered into a time of discernment. And he is in discernment still. He is in Washington today uh, with the MCCDC congregation, and he's preaching to them. And they are meeting one another and greeting one another and listening for God's direction. Time of discernment to see if indeed he will be called to be their next senior pastor. And so I asked myself, where does that leave Resurrection MCC? Where does that leave us? And the simple answer is in waiting. And amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just love waiting. <laughs> Thank you, God. Doesn't waiting make you nuts? It makes me crazy, makes me absolutely insane. I get so crazy when I'm forced to wait. A couple of weeks ago, there was um, a new show. It's called Community. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there was a, a, an episode that really showed the hysteria of how we get when we're in waiting. Um, the, the show is based on a, a handful of misfits who are attending a community, a local community college, and it's about their experiences together. But in this particular episode... The professor, uh, there's a professor that has this great theory, and he wants to prove it. The humans, basically, the human subject is incapable of waiting. And so he, um, he decides to do this lab experiment. And one of, the, um, uh, one of the misfits in the community college, her name is Annie. She was desperate to get in this study. She really wants to excel. She's kind of the perfectionist of the bunch. And so she begs her way into this study. And uh, in, in that, he says, well, yeah, you, you can come, and you can be a part of the study, but you must bring two human subjects to the lab. So she asked her two friends, Troy and Abed, if they would give up their plans and come and be a part of the study. They'd make 80 bucks, you know, so come on. And they were really reluctant, especially Abed, but she insisted, you know, we're friends. Come do this because we're friends. So this will really capture the craziness of waiting. Watch this. Welcome, research assistants. <laughs> if you turn your attention to the monitor, you will see that our subjects are waiting for the experiment to begin. But it's actually happening right now. Oh, wow. You see, the waiting is the experiment. The Duncan principle is simple. Namely, that the more control lost by the ego... Yeah, I'm going to write this down too, actually. That's a good point. The more control lost by the ego, the more gained by the id, resulting in a surprisingly predictable emotional eruption or breaking point, known to Ma and Pa as a good old-fashioned tantrum. <laughs> oh, Annie. Why don't you uh, go and tell our subjects that we're going to be starting the experiment in five minutes, okay? Hmm? And Annie, it's never actually going to start. <laughs> Let's do this. 
Alan. Hi, Troy. Hi, Ovid. Hi, Senor Chang. What? Community college Spanish teacher can't use 80 bucks? Well, we're just running a little bit behind, so we'll probably start in about five minutes. No! No, 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 no! It's unacceptable, all right? You lie to me! When you say something starts at nine, it starts at nueve! <laughs> I mean, you can relate to that. <laughs> that is me waiting. <laughs> no! Oh, it makes us crazy. But I ask myself, why? Why does waiting make us really so absurd and childlike? Well, that professor in there actually gives us some insight. He says this, when your uh, ego senses it's losing control, so your ego has less control, your id gains more, right? And then there's this, this fit, more or less, <laughs> this breaking point. What that means is, in waiting, we realize everything is out of our control. We are at the mercy of everything else around us, right? Or someone else. And so as we began to lose control, there goes the good old-fashioned fit. So we hate losing control. It's one of the main reasons why we go crazy in the waiting. But there's another reason, and it's the, it's the same thing that we would find if we was to look closely at the Israelite passage, our uh, Isaiah passage where the Israelites, basically in this losing control, we lose all sense of reality. That id he's talking about, that's like our native sense, so to speak, and so as we lose control, we lose perspective of reality. The Israelites, in the, when we find them in this passage, they have been waiting a long time for God. And they are throwing their fit, and they're really feeling the tension of that. But, but God brings them back into reality, and that's what happens in the wedding. We need someone to bring us back to reality. And so if we look at the passage, verse 25, God says, To whom will you compare me? And who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and ask yourself, who made these stars calling each by name? Because God is so great in strength, so mighty in power, not a single one is missing. That scene goes on and they actually show all those human subjects in that lab, one by one, they go absolutely crazy. They just lose it. Some go into the fetal position, some start rocking, some start looking around, some start spinning around in the room. I mean, they absolutely lose it because they've lost all sense of this reality and they've lost this control. But God, in this passage, is reminding the Israelites and reminding us, hey, just, just help, let me help you here to look out. Can you see the wonder of my creation? See the stars? See how vast they are? I know them each by name, and not one of them are missing. Well, that right there gets to the core of another reason we really go crazy in the waiting. It's because that is really hard to believe, isn't it? We feel forgotten when we're waiting. We wonder, are they coming back? Do they know what I'm feeling here? Does anybody, anybody out there, do you remember me? Am I precious enough to come back to? And so we lose the sense of control we lose all sense of reality, and we feel forgotten or abandoned. It taps into the core of that deep fear of abandonment. This um, clip, I do want to show you another piece here. Her two friends are the only ones remaining, right? And so Troy, I think he really captures this, um, this feeling of being forgotten. 
And then there were two. Break. Break. the ability to bring us to our knees. We can quickly come to mind when Jesus relinquished all control and also experienced this emotion with us, this craziness. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It is a common experience. It is a frustrating experience. And so I have to ask the next question, why? Why would God insist in this waiting process? Why is it part of our journey. I thought about that one for a while and I and I realized that that is the journey. We say it so often when we gather. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is here and Christ shall come again. It's the mystery of our faith. It's the calling of our faith. It's the challenge of our faith. We are challenged to, the, to both be and become, to live in the now and the not yet. Our faith is about knowing and the unknowing. It is the challenge. It is the Christian faith journey. Why, though? Why is that so relevant? Imagine this if you could fully grasp God in the now. What would we do with that? Maybe create a religion? Maybe downsize, downplay? Would we try to own it? Even in our most intimate relationships, there is something to be gained in the waiting. We say in those precious moments in our lives, today, today I make a vow to love you. And tomorrow, through thick or thin, goodness and evil, sickness and in health, I will love you still. It's that interplay that we have. And in that interplay, that's when we don't try to own it. We release people. We release God. We release each other. It is the journey of vulnerability, of relationship, waiting. It's so hard but it is indeed our call. It is indeed the very thing that we're tasked with. But the interesting thing is, uh, if we go back to our Isaiah passage, we will realize that God does indeed make a promise to us that God will be with us in the waiting. Yes, it's hard, but yes, I need you to do this because waiting is the reward. Listen to the passage as it goes on. Do you not know? Have you not heard? God is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. Trust 
God. This God will not faint or grow weary with a depth of understanding that is unsearchable. God gives strength to the weary, empowers the powerless. Young women may grow tired and weary, young men may stumble and fall, but those who wait for God find a renewed power. And they soar on eagle's wings and run and do not get weary and walk and do not tire. There's my southern flair, tire. So in this waiting, God promises not only to do it with this, but it is like the underpinning of where we get to experience our weakness, but in that, experience God's amazing power. God gifts us with his power. We would not know it. We would not know the true vulnerability of the other if we didn't release. So it's our call, and God promises to be with us. So how do we do it well? How do we do this waiting game well and not go into the fetal position? How do we wait for God well? Well, our second passage today is out of our lectionary. It's the passage that was gifted us for this time and season. And it, in it, it gives us the insight. It gives us the greatest commandment. Love God, love people. That is the greatest commandment. So what is this love thing? If we want to wait well... If waiting is the journey, then love must be the to-do list in the waiting. Love God and love people. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for love is hesed, and it, it means God's unfailing, steadfast love. And we hear that a lot in, uh, throughout the Hebrew scriptures, especially the, the Psalms. God's love endures forever. In the New Testament, the Greek word for God's love is agape. And I think you know where I'm going. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul gives us a real glimpse of this thing called love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It does not take into account wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things and endures all things. So if we want to wait well, we'll love well. Right out of the gate, we're reminded that love is patient. Oh, you know what that means? That means we have to wait with patience. Waiting with patience, what does that mean? Impatient people, I think we saw a good clip of that. Impatient people cannot restain, remain present to the moment, right? They believe that the moment is actually out there. They get so uncomfortable with holding on in that state of fear and that chaos and that wondering and the, and the losing control that they actually flee. But they flee with the thinking irrationally that the moment is out there. And so they take off running for that moment, losing sight of the fact that the moment was in that moment of waiting. That is the moment. Patient waiting means that we will understand that all that we're waiting for will manifest right here. That the seed's already been planted. We're just waiting for it to grow. So patient waiting means believing in the promise that everything we need is already there. Patient waiting. Fun, fun. <laughs> Good Lord. 
Love does not seek its own. So love is not self-seeking. This is, uh, means, basically, that we have to wait with open-ended waiting. If we're not going to seek our own, it means that we're not going to wish, we're going to hope. Let me explain that a little bit. Wishing, wishing there's just a fine line. Wishing's a good thing, but it's, I wish MCC, DC didn't make that phone call. I wish that I didn't lose my job. I wish that I had that cute one right over there. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> Let me be clear. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so wishing sometimes is a really good thing. But wishing has a tendency to do something to us. We start wishing so much that we get honed in on the wish. And then it's going to, we, we begin to, you know, start doing things to make that wish happen. We start, you know, moving all the things around us and maneuvering people and doing manipulative things even to make that wish come, because we're so focused on it. And so then we're waiting, wishing for the package to arrive in a certain way, look a certain way, feel a certain way. So wishing actually, we begin to have our own self-seeking kind of thing happening there. Open in waiting is done in hope. Hope is slightly different because hope believes that it will turn out okay. It is believing that it will turn out okay. But hope understands that it might not turn out exactly like I planned. Hope is believing that God's plan is going to be better than my plan. Hope is understanding that God's intention is better than my intention. It's letting go of the wish and leaning into the hope. Leaning into the hope. Oh, everybody's saying Amen. <clears throat> all right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This endurance thing. How do we endure well? How do we persevere in the waiting? I think a, a key there is to also recognize that we're not alone in the waiting. When we wait together, when we wait with God, then waiting for God becomes that much easier. What I mean by that is we gather together and we can strengthen one another. When we gather in this room, we, we read the Word of God so the Word of God can become in flesh in us. We gather around the table and take part of a promise. God is here. God is now in us, yet God is still to come. It is that thing that we do together that helps us do it well. We can bear it because we're not alone. We can bear it because we do it together. Waiting together is a powerful, powerful thing. And believing in each other and trusting in each other is powerful also. It's the gift we can give. It's the gift we can give each other. And that, uh, if we go back to our community college friends, Abed, the last remaining waiter, human subject, waited for 26 hours. He waited so long that... The professor who had his little theory went nuts watching him wait <laughs> to go nuts. So, <laughs> so he thinks his theory's all destroyed, but actually his theory kind of held, but it just happened to hold on him. He went nuts waiting for Abba to crack. So, uh, but, 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 you know, his, and his friend's like, well, why would you wait? Listen to Abba's response. Hey, sorry about bailing on the psych experiment. That was the experiment, Troy. We were testing to see how long people would wait in the room. Whoa. Oh, gotcha. 
Gotcha. That's all you have to say? Yeah. You sat in a room for 26 straight hours. Didn't that bother you? Yeah, I was livid. Then why didn't you leave? Because you asked me to stay and you said we were friends. You asked me to stay, and we're friends. We are called to do this together. We're called to stay present with one another. Lean and recognize that this is our moment. This is the moment. This is when we take a look at one another and we help each other. Who are you, and who am I, and what is God doing here? This is the moment. We can do this together because we can believe in one another, because we're friends. So we have to keep coming and staying present in this journey. We don't know how long. We don't know what tomorrow brings. But we know that we can wait for God while we're waiting with God. We can do this thing. I love the fact today is All Saints Day. I love that because as we gather together and we stay present to one another and as we do this thing, one of the things we're going to need to do is keep reminding each other of our stories. I need to hear your story. You need to hear my story. We need to hear the stories of our history and our history, our sheroes and our heroes. We need to live that. So I, I think you should come back tonight and listen to Reverend Carolyn Bathis and her love. She sings to the deepest longings of our heart because we will light candles and see photos of our community of saints that have gone before us. They are the reminders that we are called to wait for God. They are the reminders that this church was planted not on a pastor, but on Jesus Christ, the rock and the redeemer. And we can do this together. It was 14 people. They didn't have anyone but each other. And they were the seeds. So we can come and realize that we're called to be with hope, looking forward with faith. Many have put their lives into this congregation, into our lives. They believed in what they could not see. We are the fruit of their labor. And now we are here to plant more seeds. The sweat of their brow and the tears of our hearts will water these seeds. Resurrection, this is holy ground. We're called to be in the now and the not yet. We're called to harvest what is already growing around us and then be ready to turn the soil for a new day. We're called to lift our hands in praise in God for the wonders and realize that God has already done and is doing much in our life. This is our call. This is our challenge. So I would ask if you would continue to steal your hearts and let's, let's do this well together. So God, that takes us to this moment where we have to admit to you this isn't easy. But we want to do it well. We know that by not grasping fully the moment of knowing you all now, that we can release ourselves to knowing you more full tomorrow. And so God, with an open hand and an open heart, we surrender Reverend Dwayne Johnson into your hands. With an open hand and an open heart, we will surrender Washington MCCDC. And God, with an open hand and a willing heart, we surrender Resurrection MCC to you now. And we will wait for you. We will wait with you. And we will wait with each other, God. 
And let it all these things, God, we ask that you will glorify your name, drawing others unto you. In this we pray. Amen and amen. Let's think about God's unchanging name.